Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sign Guy with you is normal. Real quick before we jump into things, some show notes. If you're looking for some professional wrestling in the next couple of days, tonight, WCWO at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana. FGW happening in Hamilton, Ohio. Tomorrow night, DOA Pro Wrestling in Portland, Oregon. Blue Collar Wrestling returning. New location in Milwaukee, Oregon. BZW in Bismarck, North Dakota. XWX in Ozark, Alabama. Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana. Wrestle Club in Nampa, Idaho. Wrestle Rama in Waldron, Michigan. WWA in Livermore, Kentucky. Innovate Wrestling in Kingsport, Tennessee. Five Star Wrestling in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena. EPW in Bedford, Indiana. ECW in Somerset, Kentucky. BTW in Huntington, West Virginia. NWF in Cincinnati, Ohio. DPW in Zanesville, Ohio. PWE in Alton, Illinois. TSW in Corbin, Kentucky. DPW in Dwight, Illinois. MSWA in Rockwood, Tennessee. And MATW in Gloucester, Virginia tomorrow. Without any further ado, I want to welcome our guest, someone that, while there might be a small handful of people I respect as much as, there's nobody I respect more than this man, Hillbilly Jed. Thank you so much for coming back to the show. It's been a long time, but we're happy to have you back here. Well, thanks for having me back. Well, you are a man of many hats in this business. You have wrestled. You have helped to train people. You've booked. You've done a little bit of everything in the wrestling industry. As we look at your career, do you have a specific favorite role that you have had in professional wrestling? Uh, I don't know. Like I, I kind of like all of them. Um, each one of them has its own aspect of something. Um, where you know being actually in the ring is it can be a lot more physical. Um, being um, in the like the booking of it, or in that's you know that's that's more mental. You gotta you know you have to plan things out and and uh, like figure out what direction you want to go with your company, things like that. So it's I think it's um, it's exciting in in all aspects. So I I don't know I don't really have a favorite I just I enjoy different parts of of each one. 
In addition to the things that I just mentioned, you also are the maker of some very high-quality professional wrestling gear. And people within the business knows that really dependable, solid gear makers are very vital and very hard to come by in a lot of instances. What drew you into getting into that aspect of things? Um, as far as like making gear, like I, I started out with it, like just because gear could be expensive and I'm a big guy. So, uh, I didn't want to wear the bibs anymore. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to change that aspect of myself. Uh, when I first started, it was, there was stuff that like everybody had their own, their own hometown hillbilly or something of that nature. And I wanted to uh, stick out a little more. I wanted to, wanted to be known for like my athletic ability and things like that. So I kind of got involved in, in making gear. Um, I do pretty, pretty well at it. Um, it's hard to keep, uh, hard, to, hard to stay on track because it, you know, you're busy all the time and, I guess, you know, uh, if you're not a busy gear maker, then you're not doing so well. I mean, that's what I keep hearing from people. But, like, I stay pretty busy with it. I enjoy it. I like to do the stuff locally for the guys. It's more than, like, you know, shipping stuff all around the world or whatever. I I feel more connected with the guys when I can actually talk to them face-to-face and figure out what they're wanting or what they like so I can help with the, with their gear. So. I I don't know. I learned from uh, Congo Kong. He uh, he took me under his wing and showed me a lot. So he made it sound exciting and fun. Uh, it's also it can be a real pain sometimes, but uh, you know I enjoy it. I have a good time with it. So and I end up putting out some pretty good gear. You know, um, at least that's what the people tell me that that buy it. So. <laughs> I don't think they'd continue to buy it after all these years if it wasn't quality. Oh, you? Yeah, um, oh, go ahead. I owe a lot of to, to Congo Kong because he, uh, you know, he uh, he helped me out a lot on that. So, absolutely, no two better people in the gear making end of things than you and Congo Kong for sure. I've said that and preached that all over the country for years. Thank you. Alice, you've been around for quite a few years now, and you help train a lot of the newer wrestlers that are coming into the business. One of the things that a lot of young wrestlers don't always think about and don't always get taught in the training schools is being ready to travel outside of their area and go on the road and do shows that are five, six, eight hours away from their home. As someone that has been around for a while, do you have tips for young wrestlers that they can use in order to make wrestling road trips more successful? Uh, 
I don't know about that. I haven't really done a lot of traveling outside of the Midwest in a in a while. Um, like, unfortunately, it just gets daunting um, the the road trips. But I mean, meeting new people and doing stuff and uh, meet, going to new shows and stuff like that is always really exciting. Um, I don't I don't really know how to prepare people for that nowadays. Uh, that's that's a that's kind of a younger a younger, younger person's game, I guess I should say. So, like, I don't just, you know, stay hungry, you know, get out there as much as you can when you're young, um, you know, start building yourself from there. Um, you remember when you go to new companies, you're, you know, no matter how much uh, effort and time you've put into one or two companies in your local area, like, you're you're gonna be a, a new fish in a bigger pond when you go to other places. Uh, so you know, just you know, remember your etiquette and and stay humble and introduce yourself to everybody that you uh, even if somebody you don't know, you might end up you know you might end up you know you know getting some heat over that or anything. Uh, even if they don't know you, you know you should go in and you know introduce yourself. And uh, let everybody know, like, you're there to work. Well said. One of the things that you have a distinction of that I'm not sure a lot of people do, you were able to follow when I bumped my head and broke my face, and then later... I broke my leg in a freak accident, and you were able to follow that. Injuries are part of the business, and they're just something that are always going to be there. When you have to follow somebody that's been hurt like that, and there's a different atmosphere in the locker room, usually a little bit different atmosphere in the crowd, what do you as a performer have to do to get past that and still put on a show and still try to entertain the fans? I mean, so you you literally have to put that in the back of your mind and you can't dwell on it at the time because if you start dwelling on it and second uh second guessing yourself, um you might be the next one hurt. Um it's 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 a rough situation because you know there's a bad you know there's a bad stigma in in the air I guess and like you you know the the crowd's more worried about the person that got hurt you're worried about the person that got hurt but the show's still got to go on um you know um as a heel I guess you could you know you could be completely different and you know like you can go out there and try to get heat with some of that sometimes uh depending on the injury I know when you broke your face, uh, that was that was rough. Um, we uh, we still had to go out there and and you know do the rest of the show, but like the entire time, everybody else was like we were all thinking about like you know you and like you know how how bad it was because nobody really knew when we had to go out in the ring. So sometimes you just gotta you gotta sh- shut that off. Do what you got to do, 
make sure you entertain the crowd. Sometimes you have to work a lot harder because the crowd is more focused on the person that got hurt. Um, and then there's sometimes people can't really go out there and do that. Like, uh, you know, it just depends on how close you are to somebody or how, you know, like what happens. Like people will carry that with them, and especially if they were involved in, you know, that person getting hurt. So you have to, I don't know, you just have to kind of block it out for, you know, the, the time being that you're in the ring. So. Now, what would you say has been the scariest injury that you've witnessed? That I've witnessed? Um, uh, well, hmm. I know yours is like right up there. If it's not one of the most, because we, I know they had to like call the ambulance and get you carried out um, pretty, pretty quick. Um, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm racking my brain now, and so I'd probably say yours, for the most part. Uh, I did witness another guy who, uh, like he had, he had no feeling, like for probably a good five, ten minutes after he took a took a bad bump. But uh like if they called the ambulance and got him out, um but by the time he was going out he was in good spirits and uh he was starting to move around so I'd have to say yours like witnessing, like for sure. I'm sorry I scared you, but to be fair, I was trying to make it back to the arena for the main event, but Cousin Cooter would not give me a ride. <laughs> yeah, you were in no conditions to be back there for the main event. In my damaged mind, I was, but yeah, I understand. I probably shouldn't have been. I can understand that. I can understand wanting to, you know, wanting to finish the show. Um there's been a few times where I've been hurt and pretty, you know, stubborn and can, wanted to finish the show. There's been uh, other people that I've known that was pretty stubborn that wanted to finish the show. Finally had to come down to tell the people, like, hey, you uh, you need to go to the hospital. and uh, But they didn't want to do that. But sometimes it comes down to you got to draw a line and help your friends. When I broke my leg, kid asked me, what hospital do you want to go to? And my very immediate response was, none of them. <laughs> right? Yeah, that sounds about right. It, it definitely checks out for sure. You don't always want to go when you need to go. Well, kid broke his leg on a show, and uh, he was trying to go back out for a second match and I had to pick him up and carry him to the car so so his uh, girlfriend could take him to the hospital. That sounds about right. No wonder he was insistent that I go. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, often on this program, your name will pop up whenever we talk about people that are underrated in the wrestling industry. And I know there are a lot of people out there, especially in your area in the Midwest, that maybe don't get the credit that they really deserve for having influenced professional wrestling that the way that they really did. You think about guys like Billy Rock and Dan Garza and Daryl Rose, people that did a lot for the business that maybe don't get talked about as being the big influence they were. In your mind, who would you say are some of the people out there that are vastly underrated, that don't get their due, that has greatly helped our business? Uh, you're asking, that's a lot of people that in my mind. Um, uh, you know, so like uh, TJ Kemp was one of them. Uh, he's helped out a lot of the younger kids nowadays, and uh, he's, you know, he's always had a real good mind for the business. And I don't think he, I mean, he retired uh, last year, but, like, I don't feel like he ever got uh, – his up and comings on stuff like that. Um, uh, um, one of the older guys that I looked up to that uh, I've learned some stuff from was TJ Powers. Um, TJ Powers is the reason why I like I I uh, hit people with the forms that I do. Uh, learned that from him. Uh, obviously, Dan Garza. He got me. He he helped me get in this. He trained me. Uh, he was really good uh, to me. I uh, I almost quit my, after my uh, first uh, training session, and he gave me a chance to uh, take some time and think about it. And if it wasn't for the, him uh, actually giving me that chance instead of just writing me off, I wouldn't be where I am now. So uh, I don't think a lot of people uh, – give him the, the, the credit that he deserves. Uh, there's there's so many people to, to mention, so I, I'm just going to mention the few. Um, there's some upcoming guys, uh, some, some younger uh, talent that's uh, getting out there, uh, Braden Lee, Sam Knight. Um, There's some new talent from New Era that's coming up that's going to be really good. Um, yeah, I, you put me on the spot on that, so I'm, I might just stop before I bury myself with somebody. <laughs> Understood. Well, we have a game on the show, and... I think you would be a perfect candidate for this. There's a sound clip that precedes it, so let me hit the sound clip for the game. I tell you, one of, one of my favorite moments is uh, me and my little brother and Jerry Wilson, we went down to TNA in Nashville, and we got in there, and I just happened to be in the bathroom using the bathroom, and I, I, I was talking uh, to Chase Stevens, which I'd known him when he first started wrestling there as Glacius, you know, I helped him get a start. And I was talking to him, and all of a sudden this voice, it, what it does, it, it comes out of the shitter. I know you shared many a locker room with Ox Harley over the years. Can you tell <laughs> us Phil Billy Jed's favorite Ox Harley moment? 
And I, so I don't know. Um, I had spent uh, a few uh, few times in the locker rooms with uh, Ox Harley. I've worked with him several times. Uh, I enjoyed working with him. He was uh, he was fun. Um, I know a lot of people like. Some people did not were like not sure like what Ox Harley they were gonna get, but um, I was always pretty confident with him. Like he he was uh, he was fun to to be in the ring with. Uh, funny stories. So there was a a young lady that came in uh, to a show and uh, she had done some various stuff over the years, I guess, and uh, he went to shake her hand, and she didn't want to shake his hand. She she said something about she was a germaphobe, so she just wanted to fist bump, and he was uh, pretty adamant about how he, he, he he's like, okay, well, fine, I'll, I'll fist bump you, and then uh, he sat down, and he looked at me, and he like had this straight, quite, like, straight face, and was like, he wanted to know how how you did the videos that she was doing and be a germaphobe. And I was like, I just, just lost my, my stuff right there. And, uh, like he was dead serious about it, but it was, it was just funny to me. Of course, uh, you know, I'm just being a little more PG about it than, than anything, but, uh, the way he put it, it was just uh, pretty hilarious. Uh, maybe more funny to me than, than the listeners now, but, you know Knox Harley. It's uh, you know how he would have put that stuff. So, but uh, yeah, he uh, he always had these like little one-liner things that were always pretty funny. So, absolutely, I can imagine that in my mind how that played out. Well, we have another game, I believe you. I'll go ahead. I thought I just didn't know if that was the best story to tell, but, um, like, that's one of the ones that sticks sticks out in my mind the most. Yeah, absolutely. No wrong answer on the Ox Harley stories. Our second game, I believe you played this the last time you were on here. We call it Word Association. I'll throw out the names of some people that – you most likely have had contact with in your career, and the first word or two that springs to mind is the answer. No wrong answers for word association. Are you prepared for a round of word association? Uh, well, let's let's go with it and see what happens. All right. First name, Tom Van Zant. Uh, yeah, great guy. I've had uh, some some real battles with him. Um, I, uh, yeah, just, uh, just some battles. Um, really good dude. Um, I've always enjoyed sharing the ring with him. P.T. Hustler. My brother. For sure. Pogo. Uh, I, uh. When I met Pogo, like, uh, he was a fan, and, uh, like, we had a – his wife and I had actually went to uh, share some, some schooling together, and 
we hit it off, and I I I like to feel like like just talking to him and everything. He's the reason he's uh, he's the reason he's in wrestling now. I mean, he's always been a fan, always wanted to do it, but I think what pushed him to doing it was uh, him and I becoming friends. Amazing Maria. Um, I have heard a lot about her. I've shared a, a few locker rooms with her. Um, professional. Uh, I've never had any issues. Bobby Black. <laughs> Uh, uh, I've shared a lot of rings with him. Um, we, uh, we had a ribbing war back in the day. And, uh, so that, that's one of the biggest things that sticks out with him and me is, uh, like we had this huge ripping, ribbing war for a long time. So it, uh, it ended, uh, it ended with him stealing one of my wrestling boots. <laughs> Karn Alexander. Uh, wow, that's weird. Um, so the first time I met him, he stayed at my house, and I didn't know much about him. Uh, Kong brought him in, and uh, I kind of had a bad vibe at first, but he ended up being a being a real good guy. I like. I mean, it was just a, a bad vibe. I don't know what it was. It was just meeting somebody for the first time. I'm never real good with a lot of first-time meetings. It's usually the second or third time. It takes me a little while to get to know people. Dylan Cole. I'm sorry, who? Dylan Cole. <laughs> that, that was my answer. <laughs> I got you. I see what was done there. <laughs> Drew Skills. Drew Skills, uh, another uh, professional. Um, I've had a lot of fun with him. He's uh, he's actually one of the one of the few guys that's ever ended up successfully giving me a a belly to belly suplex. So we've uh, broke a few rings with it. <laughs> Zane Paisley. Uh, good guy. Uh, I, uh, he's uh, he's fun to talk to. Last name on the list: Dolly St. Clair. Oh, uh, no, that's uh, that's my uh, adopted uh, granddaughter. She uh, or she uh, she's uh, her namesake is uh, something Nikki gave gave her. So. Like, uh, we took her under our wings and helped her out as best we could. So, yeah, did a little bit of training with her. You mentioned that you and Drew have broken a few rings. And as we both know, on the independent circuit, the actual physical rings can vary greatly in quality and comfort. What would you say has been the best physical ring in which you've wrestled? Uh, hands down, um, the new era ring, um, Jaden Cole, uh, it was a, I think it was a, it was a Mike Samples ring and, uh, they have, or he has done so much to it and it's from, from the best I can remember, like it's always been like the best bumping ring I, I've, I've been in 
like I've constantly been in. I mean, I've had other really good rings, but um, that one there sticks out more than anything. The last couple of names on the list for Ward Association, of course, were some of the better ring announcers out there. I think ring announcing is one of the most vastly underrated aspects in professional wrestling because the ring announcer, whether it's accurate or not, the fans often see them as the face of the company, the person in charge of the shows. Fans often will flock to the ring announcer to let them know somebody had cheated or demanded a certain match or whatever. The ring announcer mm-hmm. has to be able to convey how the fans can continue to spend money for the promotion, where to buy tickets, where to get souvenirs, where to get concessions. All of that comes out of your ring announcer, so they have to be able to concisely and clearly convey that. We know quality of ring announcer is something that not every promotion takes extremely seriously, unfortunately. A lot of places do, and it shows. Who are some of the ring announcers out there that you think might not get the credit they deserve and should be on more shows? Well, first and foremost, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I mean, and this is probably gonna be a little biased because it is my wife, but I think she does a hell of a job. Uh, Nikki Mariani, I think she does a terrific job. Uh, she ring announces for New Era. Um, I I think she tries to keep it upbeat and lively. She's when, when we're out there for inter, uh, intermissions, she's always. I don't think she. She never really stops. She just keeps going with it. She's she's always plugging somebody's merch or some or concessions or, you know, she's always out there to talk to the fans. Um, so I'm I'm going to definitely mention her first and foremost. Um, I don't think she gets the credit she deserves. I think a lot of people just overlook her. But then again, like she's she's shined a lot as a manager throughout the years. Um. And then, you know, I'm going to say Zane. Zane is a, an awesome ring announcer. I've never seen, had any problems with him. Uh, Summit Pro uses uh, Roger Pettit, and Roger Pettit, he is uh, he is learning, and he is working his butt off to, to be the best ring announcer he can be. Um, hmm. I think those, like, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a ton of other people. Uh, Dolly St. Clair is actually uh, doing uh, ring announcing, I think, for Merge now. Um, and I'm sure she's doing a, a hell of a job at it. Uh, other than that, I, I, I'm not, I know I'm forgetting people. I'm sure I am. Um, and I'm sorry for the folks that are listening. I did not mention their name. Uh, no offense, but just uh, right now, that's like nothing's coming to me as far as that goes. So, I am a biased in a different way, but I will also totally endorse 
Nikki Mariani is a great ring announcer. She does a fantastic job, and I enjoy seeing her do her thing whenever I get to watch some new era. Now, one of the other oftentimes overlooked parts of professional wrestling is the role of the referee, and they also can... uh, vary in quality and training. Some promoters will just send out anybody that's got a black and white shirt and hope for the best. A lot of promotions put people in that have been trained for years and know what they're doing. The referee can often help salvage a bad match without anyone knowing they're doing it. They can also sink a good match if they don't know what they're doing. I know you've been in there with a ton of different referees over the years, I'm sure, good and bad. Who are some of the better referees out there that you've worked with in your career? Well, um, you know, uh, Jason Harding was, like, obviously he's he's the man. Um, he's, you know, now in, in Fed and chicken ass there. But um, as far as local, local refs and stuff, um, Ollie Tharp was, like, when I first started coming in this business, he was one of the refs that stuck out to me the most. He uh, he was doing things that I didn't realize refs did at that time. And, like, I'm, I've, I've always told people to, uh, you know, if they get a chance to pick his brain, they need to talk to him. Um, Joshua Gatton uh, is an awesome referee. Uh, I know that's not really where he – where the where where the direction he wanted to go, like wanting to be a wrestler, but uh, you know he really shines when he's out there roughing. Uh, he does a terrific job. Um, Lucky Haskell is really good. Um, like those are uh, Gatton and and him are the like the two of my go tos that are are local around here. Um, Hmm. I know I'm forgetting people, but like, like for the for the area that I'm around, like like some of the like and and keep in mind, I'm not saying like the referees are bad around here or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like those are the guys that stick out the most to me. They, uh, if I was to somebody asked about wanting to ref or something like that, those are the guys that I would send them to. You mentioned Jason Harding, and, of course, we worked with him when he was on the independence, and he, for the last 10 years, has been applying his trade with World Wrestling Entertainment and for around the last seven or so on national television. I know you've been on shows with a lot of people over the years that have gone on to be with the national companies people like Crazy Mary, Jason, John Moxley. I know you've worked with a lot of them. When you watch the wrestling on television and you see people that you have wrestled or you've shared locker rooms with, whatever the case may be, what goes through your mind when you're watching them? Um, I'm just happy for them. Like, I mean, it's, it's super awesome that they're uh, 
you know, they work their asses off to get to where they're at. And, uh, you know, not everybody gets, uh, gets that ride. But so I'm, it's, I'm actually kind of happy that I get at least got to know them, you know, on some level or, you know, something like that, that I'm, you know, like I've shared locker rooms with them and even the ring at some points in time. Uh, it's uh it's nice to know like um it's nice to know that you know like like these these guys and girls got their shots you know uh, and they 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 made a hell of a run with them so it, you now, know, it's, 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 it brings brings a little bit of nostalgia you know for me because it's like you know like that was like to me, like, I, I got to share a ring with these people and, like, as they were coming up and got to share experiences with them that some people will never even get a chance to, to share as far as being in the ring with them. So it's uh, it's super cool, actually. Um, I agree with you there, watching WOW Women of Wrestling and seeing amazing Maria and her daughter and Jesse Bell on there always gets a massive pop out of me. Oh. I totally get it. One of the parts of pro wrestling that has increased in popularity in the last five years or so is women's wrestling. It used to be a niche part of professional wrestling, and promoters would have one female match at the most on a show. You had some all-women's promotions, but they were considered niche and a small audience. Now women's wrestling has exploded to where the national companies will main event with women's matches. WrestleMania has had women's main event matches. You've seen your standard independent companies have two or three women's matches on it and be given time for those matches. What do you think of the rise of women's wrestling in the industry over the last few years? Um, I mean, I I like it. Um, some people think that I don't like women wrestling, and I was like, that's not the case at all. Um, I uh, I actually enjoy it. Uh, it's I feel like it's opened the door for a lot of a lot of women who just who don't apply themselves as much. Oh, that's the only problem because, like, sometimes those will, those people will stick out uh, stick out a little bit more, and that makes it harder on the the women who are like really trying to work at this and really like busting their asses for it. Um, so it's a it's a it's a rough. It's a rough uh, section, uh, a far section. I, I don't know what I'm saying, but sorry about that. I'm just rambling now. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I understand how hard it is for, uh, for the women to try to, you know, break away from a lot of stuff. And then now that they're having this opportunity, um, it puts a lot of light on the situation as far as like you know, some of the women who aren't aren't quite as good or aren't really applying themselves. They're just kind of, you know, showing up and like, I'm a woman wrestler, and then 
they're not really applying themselves that much. Does that make sense to you? Like, I, I'm just, I prefer, I don't prefer, like, like the stuff that, that they're trying to fight away from is, like, the pillow matches and, and the crap like that. I don't, like, I never really enjoyed much of that at all. I just, I like to see the girls uh, hard-hitting, uh, athletic, doing their doing their thing. Like, I mean, I, mean, I, I, totally, I'm just, I guess uh, I'm just a little stickler about how, you know, like, I, I don't know how to say it. I get it. You'd, you'd rather see women's wrestling presented as women's wrestling rather than the lingerie pillow fights type of thing that we got. Yeah, like I, I never was a huge fan of that. Like I, you know, if, if the if, if ladies want to fight, then let them go out there and fight. You know, like I just I never was a huge fan of all that show per, per per se like the I'd rather see him like actually do the the, the actual moves and, and stuff and, and now we're getting this. So I I I just think it's sometimes it's harder for the some of the women that aren't really put are that are really putting towards the effort to keep away from that that error and that, that, that thought process. One of the other parts of professional wrestling that has been sort of a hot-button issue over the last few years is hardcore wrestling. A lot of fans feel that the hardcore wrestling is going a little too far. A lot of people are afraid of the blood-borne pathogens when there's a lot of blood involved just because of what medical sciences learned a lot of people don't see it as the same entertainment genre as professional wrestling on the flip side a lot of people love it a lot of people see great value in it and there is a audience for it i know of course you've had your share of hardcore matches in your day where do you stand right here as we sit in 2023 on hardcore wrestling as part of professional wrestling? Um, you know, I, I, I've done my fair share, like you said. Uh, I feel like, you know, it, it's got its place. Um, there's it, it has its core group of fans that are uh, diehard fans of this. Um, you know, it's an acquired taste. You know, like some people... Uh, some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, it's, I'm sure it has a place. Like, well, I know it has a place in wrestling, just like everything else does. Um, I do worry. Like, everything keeps building up and getting worse and worse and worse. Um, as far as like the stuff they do, and like I, like I said, I used to be one of those guys, and uh, as I'm getting older, like stuff doesn't heal like it used to. So, you know, I, I let that be for some of the younger guys. Um, Cole Roderick is a kid of mine, and, like, I hate that he does it, but I, I, at the same time I get it because, I'm, you know, like I was like that too when I was younger. And, um, 
just he's really good at it. Um, he he's I know that's that's bad to say I guess in a way, but like um, yeah, he uh, he's crazy sometimes, and uh, I, I think that's part of some of it when you you got to do stuff that's that's crazy like that. Uh, but you know you're. You know what you're getting into once you get in when you start to get into it, and uh, like I mean, those guys, uh, those guys got guts because they're, they're you know like there's so many things that go go wrong in those in those scenarios, and um, you know they're the ones that's got to live with those mistakes and 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 stuff like that if if shit happens. Sorry, I, I had to mine so. I'll tell you this, every time I see Cole Radrick on the occasions I get to come face-to-face with him, my first words to him, are you okay? So I totally get it. Now, at this point, my co-host Chris Marks is joining us. I know he has some questions to ask, so Mr. Billy Jett, I'm going to head you over to Chris Marks. Hey there, Jett, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Chris? I'm I'm doing well. I appreciate you joining us. Um, I'm going to have to beg your forgiveness right here at the beginning of the show. I had some stuff prepped, and my computer crashed on me today, so I don't have my notes. But uh, mm-hmm. if you'll bear with me, I'm going to try to shoot from the hip, okay? Okay. Okay. Um, at the beginning of my segment of the show, I like to do kind of a rapid-fire Q&A session. I'm kind of calling it the shine. Um, just think of it as like one, two short sentence uh, answer uh, segment where I'll ask you a question. You just give me the first thing that pops into your mind. Fair enough? Sure. So I know you're training people. Is that correct? I have uh, had my hands in training people. Uh, I don't directly do it as much now. It's just kind of like I, I fill in. I'm a special, you know, I'm a, I'm a guest trainer sometimes at the New Era Academy. What do you think the most common misconception is of a new student? Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the rest will be easy, I promise. I gave you a hard one at the beginning. Sorry. Right, right. Um, conceptions of, of new students. Um, like something they walk in the, something they walk in the door thinking they know 100% that you got to give them the reality check right at the door um it's not a video game um, that's a because you, great answer because, because you watch it on um, watch it on TV doesn't mean that you know you you have all the answers mm-hmm. um just because you can um, hit people with your specials does not mean that you, uh, uh, that you, you know, you're that good. You know, you like sometimes people have to be uh, humbled coming in to situations like that. That's a great answer, and not one that I hear very often. So I appreciate that. Again, they're going to get easier from here. I promise. I, I set you up for failure at the beginning. I apologize for that. Um, <clears throat> When you were coming up through training, what do you think the hardest thing for yourself to learn was? Uh, 
some people have a hard time learning to run the ropes. Some people have a hard time with a certain bump. What do you think your your issue was at the beginning? Um, it, about it's not really maybe learning, but like um, you know, being a big guy, I always had a. It was always hard for me to uh, to you know build the stamina to stay you know to do the to to you know have a prolonged match. Um, sure. Sure. Like, um, um, I did have issues with uh, drop kicks. Um, obviously, being a bigger guy, um, you probably wouldn't think that I would I would attempt those, but you know I was pretty stubborn, so I would uh, I would attempt those as much as I could. Um, I'm going to ask you some stuff about uh, wrestling uh, throughout the years, as far as the national product. Okay. Okay. Who do you think the most underrated wrestler was during the golden era? Mm. Mm. I thought you said they were getting easier. <laughs> um, uh, the subjective ones usually are. I apologize. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. Um, what if we fast forwarded a little bit to the Attitude Era? What about an underrated person during the Attitude Era? Hmm. Underrated. Um, honestly, and honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, as far as like, like I feel like everybody, you know, they. I don't know. I don't want to say like I don't want to say like somebody wasn't underrated because like I'm sure there was several people. I'm sure this is easier questions for other people, but um, I don't. Well, I asked several really... different people that we host that way we can get different answers. Right, right. Um, hmm. How about today? Somebody you feel is underrated on the national level today? In like in the Fed or just like coming up or sure or you know on on the national product on TV right now or somebody that's coming up through the ranks sure I think Keith Lee is pretty under underrated for the most part I think he's he's a really good big man um, he's just really good whether he's a big man or not I guess uh, is one of the I think he's kind of underrated. Sure, yeah, um, I'd agree. It's uh, uh, underutilized for sure. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a big man wrestler fan mm-hmm. um, because like like uh, Otis, I think he, he was uh, even though they they put him in several things, I, I still feel like he's kind of underrated. Um, he's he showed that he can do like both ends of the spectrum, whether it be like you know a blue collar guy or you know, uh, academy guy. Um, sure. Uh, I've actually, uh, I've gotten to do the extra thing for WWE a couple times. The first time I ever did it, I was uh, on set for quite a while with Otis during the course of the day. He's actually, I mean, probably, uh, uh, people might be surprised to hear this, but he's he's kind of a historian. He knows everything. You know, you want to talk to him about any subject, he'll talk to you about any subject. And obviously he's hilarious to be around. He's a very funny guy. 
Right. Yeah, um, I, I, I've never had the pleasure, but uh, you know, I think it'd be awesome to me. Uh... Sure, sure. Now, I, did I hear earlier in the show you were talking to Sign Guy? I heard you say that you uh, you don't do too too much in the way of traveling outside your your home uh, home marketplace. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's I have a, a full time job, so sometimes it's rough to get out there and do stuff like that anymore. Um, and you know, I I don't know. I, I'm not as big as I am. I'm not equipped for the for the traveling like I used to be. I just I'm getting older, sure. and it's just sure that's fair. Do, like, uh, I do do um, quite a bit. I guess quite a bit of traveling around the the, the you know in Indiana and like the, you know the Midwest, but like as far as like traveling out out of the Midwest, I probably don't do. Well, I know I don't do as much as, you know, I used to or tried to before, so. Sure. Other other than your, your current home promotion, where would you say your favorite place that you've worked is outside? Um, it could be at any point in your career. I really enjoyed working for uh, HWA when uh, Les Thatcher and Cody Hawk was running it. That was a, that was a fun time for me. Okay. Give me one second here. Sorry. Sure. Um, okay. So <clears throat> I asked this on my first episode. I, I like to I like to ask this question. I think I'm going to keep doing it. Um, I, I was watching a couple of your matches and prep for the show. Um, I've noticed that uh, people have a tendency to like to chop you. I think it's probably because you have a big chest and it's a big target. Who do you think is giving you the stiffest chop of your career? <laughs> uh, I don't know. They, they all, they, they, I usually get chopped quite often. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess I should be better prepared for these questions, but uh, honestly, oh, that's I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent. Like, uh, I don't, I don't mind the chops that much. Um, I sometimes I, you know, it, it feels like it just kind of gets you, you know, gets, gets things going in the match a little more. So, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't mind working, uh, stiff, Sure. Strong style. I, I like. I, I I prefer it just the way I was trained. Um, I will tell you that. Uh, so when I was when I first started training, um, one of the one of the other trainers, uh, Jason Free, gave me uh, a, ver- a chop and to to you know let the new guys know how it feels and everything, and then to prepare them and. Uh, like when he chopped me, I was like, it was unbelievably painful. Uh, it, it, I was not ready for that. Um, sure. So, sometimes it'll take your breath away. You're not ready for him. Yeah. So um, that one will forever and always stick out in my mind as as one of them. Um, it was a complete handprint. Um, 
outline on my chest. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty brutal. So. Um, I also heard you talking to Sanga earlier about uh, you being in a rib battle with someone in your area. Um, can you tell us a great rib story? Um, yeah. Um, so it was uh, Bobby Black, and he was uh, there was a TV in the back in the locker room, and we we're watching some of the stuff. And he uh, he came up to me and he said something about. Uh, he wanted to teach me. He said, uh, "So he said, uh, watch this match, and uh, you're going to learn something." And I was like, "Okay." So, like, I mean, he was, you know, on the same level as me as far as coming up. It was just Bobby being Bobby for the most part. Um, it was snowing. It was pretty cold, um, and he had left his shoes unattended. And I poured a whole bottle of water in both 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 shoes and never said a word to him. And then when he came back, he asked me if I learned something. And I told him, yeah, uh, I sure did. And he got dressed and, and he went to put his shoes on. He got one of them completely on and he looked at me. And the, the, the just the look on his face was priceless. And I had to look at him and said, now did you learn something? And you know, so from that point on, that's that started the the, the feud. Um, we were in another show, and he had put shaving cream in my shoes, and uh, I was already prepared for him. So when uh, I had brought a second pair of shoes, so when I when I went to get dressed, I got dressed, I looked at my shoes and there's shaving cream inside of them and I, he said uh, I said, Did you do this? And he was like, uh, you bet your ass I did and I said, Well that's great and then I pulled out another pair of shoes. So he missed <laughs> that opportunity. Um and like I said, like it was just on and on. Uh we had so many things. I I filled his uh entire entire uh wrestling bag full of snow zipped it back up and put it put it in the locker room. <laughs> um just oh, that's little good stuff, like, man. You know, Yeah, little things like that. Um and he ended it with uh he stole one of my wrestling boots um when I wasn't paying attention. Uh, he caught me and then uh sent me a video of him signing my boot with a silver <laughs> Sharpie. So that's yeah. good stuff. That's good stuff. It's ironic we talk about this. Uh, just this past weekend, uh, uh, Sign Guy and I were on a show together. He may have suffered a little small rib at my hands as well. So uh, it's always fun talking about ribs, yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. For those who are new listeners to the show or new to your product, can you tell us a little bit about your training and how you came up with it? Um, I was trained by uh, Diamond Dan Garza and Jason Free, and um, um, we trained in a Gold's Gym, and uh, it was like, I think two to three days a week with with an extra day if we wanted it, and like I was in there every chance I could could be. Never, uh, never thought, never heard of independent wrestling at the time. Um, 
thought, you know, the only way to be trained is to, to move out of state and go somewhere else. Um, a buddy of mine said that they were putting um, professional wrestling training in the Gold's Gym close by to me, and I had to go check it out. Uh, like I said, the first time I stepped in the ring, I was I was pretty well hooked. Um, then we did, and that was when we were there to sign the paperwork, and then <laughs> after the the first day of training or the first training day, uh, it was two hours long. We started off with probably 30 guys about halfway through. We were half, uh, we were missing like half the guys. Um, by the time we got to the end of the day, <clears throat> everybody was either puking or hurt. And we were all like, we're not sure about this. And I went to Dan and talked to him and told him like, Hey, I'm not sure if this is uh I'm not sure if I'm cut out for this. So he told me to take some time and go uh think about it and then, you know, come back to the next train if if I'm gonna do it. Uh he said that, you know, they gave me some uh some good feedback as far as uh my size and what I was doing, um, starting out. Uh so I took a little bit of time and I came back. And like I never really looked back on it. Um, we trained. I think it was like six months. I think was the was the training course. And then of course you know you, you kind of go out and learn. Uh, they were taking bookings uh, through you know through the uh, the Midwest, and they were inviting us to go with them to you know you know help out and become, you know, do whatever we can for the shows, watch the matches, learn as much as we can. Um, Kamala Jr., um, and he helped out a lot in uh, in uh, helping me with training as well and answering questions that would come up on the fly. Um, did some traveling with him. <laughs> um Uh, yeah, so, so just, I think it ended up being, like, it was seven of us by the end of the, by, like, the, the full start of, of training by, after the first couple of weeks, I think there was, like, a total of seven of us that, that actually stayed. Great that you made it through, because obviously you've had a great career since. Um, I was listening to, uh, you and Sign Guy discussing earlier about your gear making, um, so there's a lot of people out there that may be new to this or the only gear they've ever bought is from an online retailer or they go to the sporting goods store and that's what they wear in the ring. For somebody that might be coming to a gear maker that hasn't ever ordered custom gear before, what advice would you give them to help you as the gear maker be more successful with what they want? Um Get your, uh, figure out a design that you want and the colors that you want. Usually those are the, the, the roughest parts is like people aren't sure exactly what all they want um, off the bat. Um, if you're just starting out, just remember like as far as like, you know, like your, your gimmick or whatever you're doing, like um, don't, 
you know, don't just be dead set on one thing right away. Um, it's a little different now. When uh, when I came in this business, it was you had you didn't have a whole lot of choices. You did what the the guys, the promoters, the bookers wanted you to do, or you you didn't wrestle. Um, like I gotten I gotten saddled with a few uh, few gimmicks over the years. Um, I wasn't necessarily a hundred percent on enjoying or liking, but. I did what I had to do to make sure I could get booked on the shows and, uh, uh, you know, learn and, uh, you know, get, get ring time. So, um, be, just be flexible a little bit. Like, I mean, like nobody's asking you to compromise yourself. Just, uh, you know, try to, if somebody hands you a gimmick and take it and try to make it your, your own in a way, uh, as far as the gear, more or less, um, if you're not 100% sure, um, basic gear is always a way to go at first and then move up as you as you decide what you want. One of the hardest things for me is people say, "Hey, I want, you know, I want the I want some gear." I'm like, "That would be great. What do you what, what are you thinking? What are you what are you interested in?" And then they're like, "Oh, I don't know." Um, can, can you just come up with something? And I was like, yeah, that's, I mean, we can do that, but that's, it just makes things harder. Because we, if we don't know you or what your gimmick is about, and it's a, it can be kind of a pain. Sure, sure, that's fair. Um, so, listen, I, I hate to cut things short, but I did get on the call late, unfortunately, on Friday. Sometimes my work can drag a little bit. I am going to send you back over to Stein, the guy, to kind of get wrapped up. I did want to thank you again for joining us today. I didn't mean to put you on the spot a couple times. I know I did. I apologize uh, for that. No worries. No worries at all. But I do appreciate you talking with us today. I'm going to send you back over to Stein, guy now. Okay, you have a great day. Right on. You too. Thank you, Chris Marks. Well, Mr. Billy Judd, we're coming down to the end of things today, but I want to give you ample time. If there is anything that you would like to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything and everything, upcoming shows, merchandise, your gear making, your favorite steakhouse, anything that you want to plug or promote, go right ahead. I want to give a, want to give a plug out to the Summit Pro. Um, they're having a show this Sunday in uh, Greenfield, Indiana. Um, it's a really, really fun promotion, uh, new, and uh, it's really thriving, and it's definitely something uh, people should come check out. Uh, I'm also on uh, Indiana Powerhouse Wrestling, and they're having a show on March 11th. Uh, It's at the Delaware County Fairgrounds. Come out and uh, check it out. Like a lot of of really good wrestlers there. And then, like, last, like, definitely not least, uh, New Era Wrestling. uh, It's in Shelbyville, Indiana. Um, Awesome family-friendly wrestling. Um, Come check that out. A lot of uh, young, upcoming guys coming out of there.
Well, Mr. Billy um, Jett, I want to thank you very, very much for taking the time to be with us today. It's greatly appreciated. Anything else you want to say as we wrap this up? Uh, just thank you for having me. Uh, I'm as long as I've been doing this, I'm still never used to to the interviews. I just uh, in my own like my own way. I just you know like I just do what I do, and I super appreciate all the the fans that support me and uh, support professional wrestling. If it wasn't for you all, like the you know I I wouldn't be doing this. I, I wouldn't be able to do this. So thank you very much. Um, thank you, Sign Guy, for having me out, man. Like I really do appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot to me to uh, to be able to do stuff like this, um, especially at, at this point in my career. Like you know, like because it's it's been a while. So like I'm getting a little older. I'm never not sure how long I'll be, be keep going on this. But I mean, I I know I don't know when that'll be, but I know it's not right now. So come come uh, check out the shows and uh, yeah, come watch me do my thing. Well, Mr. Billy Judd, you know you're absolutely always welcome here on this show. All you have to do is say the word. Thank you. And definitely, if you are not familiar with Hillbilly Judd, rectify that. Go there on the YouTubes. Look him up. Absolutely phenomenal performer. You will definitely be impressed with him if he's on a show near you. Buy a ticket. It is worth it. Doesn't matter what the price of the ticket is. Hillbilly Jed will make it worth your while to go check out the show. So do that. If you're in the wrestling industry and you need some gear, Mr. Billy Jed can make you a fine set of wrestling gear. You will be happy with his work. He does quality work. Very, very reputable. So take advantage of that. All right, well, Mr. Billy Jed, thank you once again for being on. Hopefully we will cross paths at some point in the near future. I love you. Can't wait to see you again. All right, thank you for having me, man. Love you, too. All right, Chris Marks, as we wind things down, have you some plugs and promotions to put out there? Oh, certainly always do. Um, I'm going to be going and checking out Northwest Pro Show on March 11th, the Key Arena, uh, Key, uh, Peninsula Civic Center. Um, I think you're going to be there as well, Sign Guy, correct? That is on my booking sheet, yes. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, and then March 25th, uh, Combat Pro Wrestling will be down in the Mirkwood in Arlington again. Uh, I have a champion versus champion challenge put out to J.B. Moonshine. I think the CPW administration is going to let that happen. We'll see what happens if he doesn't get too drunk and not show up. Um, I heard tell uh, WrestlePro Idaho is going to be doing a show April 1st and 2nd. I may be in California that weekend, so I don't know if I'll be at that one. Um, but they do have one, I think, later in the month. What was it, the 22nd? We talked April about that 22nd. Yeah. Uh, so there's that as well. So you guys check them out, support them. Um, otherwise, uh, right now on ProWrestlingTees.com, I thought I'd point out to the audience that there is a promo code. It lasts until March 6th. It's Madness, as in Macho Madness. So it's Madness 23. 
And if you use it, you get 20% off your whole order. And if you order more than $150 worth of merch, you get free shipping within the U.S. I've got two brand-new shirts on there. I just posted them yesterday. One of them is a classic but redone, and one of them is acknowledging the fact that on Monday last week I hit two years in my CPW International Championship title reign. It is a commemorative T-shirt for that. So you guys check that out. Go on there and get yourself some merch and save 20% off with, again, the promo code is MADNESS, M-A-D-N-E-S-S-23. All right, and fans, you can see me next week at the aforementioned Northwest Pro Show on the 11th, and then on the 25th, I will be in Ocean Shores, Washington, for Rogue Wrestling Attractions, that one with the ongoing tag team title tournament. You can find me on the Book of Faces, the Twitter the YouTubes, which hopefully you will subscribe to, as well as just watch. We will be back with you Sunday afternoon. We have manager out of Louisiana, Big Ramp, coming to the program. And then one week from today, we are joined by one of the all-time greats out of the Midwest, a man wrapping up his career, Chief Atacula Kula. I look forward to having the Chief back with us, so make sure you have plans to join us. Get out there and support your local independent professional wrestling wherever it may be. If you have some near you, definitely get more familiar with today's guest, Hillbilly Jed, and we will talk to you soon. Everybody stay safe out there. Thank guy. One last thing I forgot. Yeah. I wanted to throw some love out down Colorado way to Red Viper. He got injured over the weekend. If you guys want to support him, there is a GoFundMe. Find him on Facebook. It's Red Viper with two eyes. Look him up. Support the man. He's, got, he's been injured doing what he loves, doing what he's been doing for a while, supporting the people of Colorado. Get on there. Check it out. Absolutely. Hope he gets well. Hope he recovers. So get out there. Help him if you can. So we will talk to you soon.